roll into the <laughs> intro before I start screaming bloody murder. Middle of evolution, my CS workers. <laughs> to get that context, what we just, um, what Benia just said, I would have had to have recorded in that moment, but I did not. <laughs> I was typing out the description of this podcast of this podcast and the previous one <gasps> that was previously recorded. <laughs> the one that was previously recorded would be up on Friday. This one should be up some point right directly after we record because we have watched episode three and four of Hawkeye on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Now we was hyped on episode three. For me, I can't speak for Benita. I was the fans. This is the one of the few times fandom made me dislike. Well, I don't dislike the episode. I was not looking forward to watching this episode. Really? Because of the fandom. Okay. Okay. So I. Okay. So. I want to say. In the episode three, I thought was fire. Mm-hmm. Still loved episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to talk about some. Like, obviously, we're going to talk about one of the major things from episode three. But I want to give a caveat about what I'm going to say. Um, is I haven't um really read anything about Spider-Man No Way Home since like the first trailer like I watched a couple like the first trailer reactions and then I just avoided all new stuff because I was like I want I don't I try I don't want to be spoiled like I want to try and be like as fresh as possible but I remember when the first trailer came out and they were like, oh, that looks like Charlie Cox's forearms. And I was like, well, that's stupid. I'm like, that would be fun. But, like, that doesn't look like his forearms because that man doesn't look like Charlie Cox. But after fucking last week's episode and that laugh from Uncle, I am, like, 99 percent sure that was fucking vincent d'onofrio if that's vincent d'onofrio and that's that was then that's where i um did not anticipate um, i'm not no, no longer anticipating the rest of hawkeye because it's going it's starting to become one if you look i don't think is i i personally feel I, I guess i'm the odd man out in the whole world i don't think is kingpin as much as he is so ingrained with echo if we look at the MCU, they have done so much to like still make it comic book accurate, but distance the comic books at the same time. Like the connections between certain characters are no longer there, and then into some changes, and those those are fine because like we we all we've mentioned like fucking day one of this podcast, nothing's gonna be one to one from the comic books. Now I would love for Vincent D'Onofrio to come back because. No offense, Michael Clark Duncan, R.I.P. Best adaptation of Kingpin of all time. So I feel I, I my big theory. That's okay. Hmm? I disagree, but that's okay. But that's my big theory. 
it's not. There's going to be another MCU mafioso mafioso villain. So who do you think it's going to be? It could be, or anyone. just anyone else. It could be anyone. It could be Silvermane, Hammerhead. Um, hell, that's the only. That's the only two I could think of off the top of my head that have any form of connection to Kingpin and Echo. The Magia. Yeah, I don't know. I still think it's Kingpin because I feel like it's the one that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think the only thing that would make sense within the context of the show right now is if it's like, ha ha, surprise, Kate's dead. But I also feel like he's... I feel like Kate's dead's firmly dead. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he wouldn't have... Um, abandoned his daughter i mean i feel like there's genuine love between both of them like she was definitely like daddy's little girl um they had like a stronger bond than her and her mom for sure um so like i don't think he would have fucking left her especially with like uh a psycho bitch that may or may not have killed him or tried to kill him if he's still alive um but yeah, I think Kingpin just makes the most sense because I feel like the Netflix Marvel shows were just, for the most part, really good. They all all of them faltered in the second season. <laughs> I, uh, those I, first seasons. I like the. Were, I guess I'm the only one. I like the King. Uh, yeah, damn. I like the Luke Cage season two. I don't like how it ended, but I did like. Uh, Luke Cage season two. I mean, it wasn't like as terrible as say like Daredevil season two because that one was pretty bad. Or fucking Jessica Jones season two. I liked the Daredevil uh, season two. Um, <laughs> was I, it the little plot hole that was your favorite part? No, I liked all of season two. I just didn't like season three of Daredevil. I hate that trope where the villain becomes the hero and then the hero has to cover the re- has to um, clear their name. But that fight, though, I give him that. That fight, though. And before anyone says anything smart or quippy, I do not acknowledge Iron Fist at all. We don't acknowledge Iron Fist on this podcast. We have not acknowledged Iron Fist on all. You wonder how many episodes we have done. We also do not acknowledge the Defenders. Hmm. Well, you want to know how many episodes we've done? It's in not as bad, obviously, as Iron Fist, but it also was not great. This is episode, technically, officially, episode 139. Oh, snap. So we have done 139 episodes in total. And we have yet to ever once talk about Iron Fist. <laughs> so we'll keep up that trend. This is the only oh. this is the only mention that 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 show gets. Yeah, but anyway, sorry, we totally got off topic for a bit, as we always do. Um, Welcome to the. I think the Marvel shows were great because they had great casting for the most part. Um, like I think the main people were fantastic, um, and so yeah, like. If Marvel's going to incorporate 
any show, but also with just the fervor and the love people have for um, Charlie Cox as um, Daredevil. Like, it just makes sense. And my personal opinion, Vincent D'Onofrio is the best kingpin because he has that just manic rage and just by like looking at him you are terrified whereas like i love michael clark duncan but he was um a great actor in a terrible fucking movie and his character suffered for the bad writing he had to make work in that terrible movie um also the other day kevin feige has officially announced i don't no 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 not i'm not saying no 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 stop talking right now because i just told you not even five minutes ago my dude i haven't paid attention to any stories or news things since the first spider-man trailer so whatever you're about to say don't freaking say it it's not don't Say it's on the fucking docket. I am not deleting a news docket. What docket? Wait, hold on. Fucking Spider Verse is on here. Never mind. Fine, I would do a solo episode where I get to talk about what I want to talk about, which we can't. (laughs) We can't talk about because someone here think this said person who I don't think is showing up anytime soon. But fine, we'll move on. Did you see the Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse um, Part 1 trailer? Yes. What did you think? Well, just for that brief, just that brief little clip um, showing the new animation and everything. I'm already very excited. I'm interested to see how much farther away this is. Or, like, sorry, um... That's what I'm looking for. Time passed. How much time's passed between like the end of Into the Spider Verse and the start of Across the Spider Verse? Um, because Into the Spider Verse ends with the portal opening up, and he's in his dorm. No, he's, also, at, he's at home. He's in his dorm. He said he's at home because he said he's grounded in his mom. So I'm gonna assume his mom was on the other side of the door. The way how he kicked that dinosaur out the door, out his door. <laughs> I said Into the Spider-Verse ends with him in his dorm. What? The trailer. And across the universe opens with him in his home. So dorm, school, home, home. So we're talking about two different things here, dude. And I'm still typing while you're still talking. I'm sorry. And it's okay. Because why are you going to there's a time difference there. Plus, in Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Gwen, she has, like, those ballet-type looking shoes, and in this one, she's got those Converse. Her hair looks a little longer. Um. So, yeah, I want to know, like, if there's, like, like, how much time jumping, have, or universe jumping, have they been doing in between these two movies but also like just give me more fucking um 
Oh my god, why am I blank- Oscar Isaac. I was like, why am I blanking on his name? Because that looks like him in the trailer. Yep. Miguel O'Hara. Oscar Isaac confirmed it himself. He's returning. And then the... Um, oh my god, what was their name? Phil Lord and Phil Lord Chris Miller said his one speculation... His No, his one caveat of returning... He does not want Miguel O'Hara to be boring. <laughs> My dude, Miguel O'Hara is not the most boring Spider-Man ever. He has the most interesting backstory of all time. I'm also very excited because obviously the fucking beautiful stinger at the end of Into the Spider-Verse mm -hmm. is him literally going into like the cartoon universe and so we see a little bit of that it looks like in like almost like a green animated universe like whatever that one where he fell into and then yeah Miguel was chasing him but like Laying I just on him. <laughs> would love to see just yeah the weird just the weird crossovers like that where I'm like oh my god are we gonna go into like the 90s Spider-Man universe like can we can we cross over into like oh my god like fucking Sam Raimi Spider-Man universe like I just I don't know I just who knows who knows what's gonna happen but <laughs> Every time highly I, excited for it. Every time I hear somebody like, I don't know. <laughs> There's um I'm so excited. I'm like, I don't know. I'm so excited. I don't know. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like is there anything else? I don't know. It's just like that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but um I have to rewatch Into the Spider-Verse again for a third for a third time. First two, first time, and I it has been documented. I tried to watch it. A bunch of goddamn kids was um, annoying the shit out of me trying to watch it. If it wasn't for this one teenager, who was equally annoyed, because if I would have said something, I probably would have got kicked out. But they was like, "You don't shut the fuck up. I'm gonna fuck y'all up." I was like, <laughs> "That is the future, right there. Shut these damn kids up. Thank you, teenager. Thank you, youth." For making these children shut up. Second time, I'm at home, comforts of my own home. No, here comes my brothers. Oh shit, this is my favorite part. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is my room. Why the fuck you just open my <laughs> I am pissed I don't have my paintball gun because they went and got lit up as soon as that door opened. <laughs> so I now I, now that I have a, a nice TV that I can watch into the Spider-Verse in 4K. I have a sound bar that my cousin let me have. Mm -hmm. oh, I, nice. I bought a digital optical cable for the best sound. That's going to be pretty. So I better, <laughs> I swear, I'll, I'll come back on this podcast set. I lit one of my brothers up because they did not shut the fuck up me trying to watch Into the Spider-Verse for the third time. Let me enjoy something. Yeah, first time I saw it was um, at the Alamo, because that's literally the only fucking movie theater I ever go to. Um, 
but like their front row seatings still like it's still like a good maybe like 15 ish feet from like the screen so like it's not like terrible front row seating but it's also not the best and so when we were going to buy tickets those were literally the only seats left were right in the front row so we were just like full up on into it it felt like which i was like oh it's actually kind of a cool cool seat to have uh watching watching this movie just blasting all that shit right in your face don't remember. That's what she said. That and for it, it brings bad memories of uh, me watching Suicide Squad in 4DX. Ooh. Like the, the 2016 one, not the Suicide Squad? The 2016 one. Mm. Atrocious movie. Yep. And the title of this podcast. Multiversal tangents. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so let's circle back. Episode three, Hawkeye. <laughs> we open. Uh, uh, also, the if you don't know by this point, because I mean this is everywhere. Alka Cox, the young girl at the start of it. That's her cousin. That's the actresses who play. I'm um, the actress who play Echo. That's her cousin playing her younger self, which is cool. Adorable. Bring it all in the family. Um, and then the actor who plays her father is on a damn good TV show y'all need to watch on FX um, called Reservation Dogs. He plays the sher- the town sheriff. It's a dramedy. Um. And it just deal with kids on the Native American reservation, them going through life. It's a really damn good show. Check it out. That's okay. He's in another show. Oh my god, I'm blinking on the name. It's I think it's on Netflix. But he also played like a chief on a reservation. And I was like, I love you. You're you're such a good actor. Mm-hmm. But I still need to watch uh, Reservation Dogs. I, think I just like don't it. have the Hulu. Can, so I might just... You can use my account. Everybody else is. Work over the dough for it. You can use my account. Everybody else is. Can't... Can't? What? I see they don't have a lockdown on... Logins or anything? It's just me and my brothers. That's why I said everyone else. Ah, Okay. Oh well, shit, I won't say no. Just use the freeloaders account. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> ah, I was waiting for that one day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I, for some odd fucking reason, by f- I think, if I remember correctly, January 1st, they're getting rid of Hulu on FX on Hulu. So I don't know if the, I don't I don't know if the FX shows is still going to be on there. It's called it's, they said it's a rebranding. So I don't know if the FX shows is going to still be on there because I still have not got to see what uh, what we do in the shadows the series. Mm-hmm. I'll be fucking pissed if I go if I finally go in there like I'm done with Cowboy Bebop. 
I'm done with the Umbrella Academy because it's coming out real soon. I'm done with The Witcher. I'm going to go into what we do in the shadows. I need that levity. And then it's not there, I'll be very mad. <laughs> I will have no qualms canceling a streaming service. Yeah. Because bruh needs a little bit more cash. And I do want an Xbox, so. I just want one of them. Well, Xbox or fucking PS5. I don't, at this point, I don't care. I just want one. Apparently, it's more easier getting an Xbox than it is a fucking PlayStation. Well, it's still. <sighs> Thanks, pandemic and stupid shithead CEOs that already like forced down low numbers for this thing. It's a that's a whole nother story. We'll talk about it some other time. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we cut to jumping back on episode three of Hawkeye. We jump right back into it right after a great, a nice exchange between um young Echo and her father. And then we cut to um Hawkeye. Just slow. Well, before we get to that, this where we get the. It could be. It couldn't be. It probably is, but we don't know. Kingpin reference. I'll just I'll just say Kingpin just in case. And if uncle. Not, un- uncle. Um. See this this familiar bond there, and then we get to um, Hawkeye. <clears throat> Excuse me, Clint as Ronan. Killing everybody. And I was like, oh. See, I don't think it was him. I think it was Descartes. Oh. You think there was multiple Ronins? Only it was multiple Ronins. I think it was um, Kingpin, like, trimming, we'll say trimming the fat, so to speak. I don't know. Like, Maybe there was something going on in the background, like, either they were getting too powerful, people were maybe liking, um, Echo's dad more than him, or maybe, like, one of them was starting to be like, oh, shit, I need to get out, bro, like, this is my last thing, and then I'm done, and then he's like, you can't leave, and then uses Ronan as a cover to, uh, murder these people, and since we know... Ducard is an uh, epic swordsman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seemed real interested in getting Ronan's sword at the uh, auction. Um, I think it was him um, that, that killed him. Could be on his own. Could be under Kingpin's orders. We'll find... Oh, they look, but that's my, that's my theory. I know, because my theory, I, I'm just going towards, according to, like, how Clint was acting towards the connection between what Echo was going through and to Ronan. I, I was just like, did you do it, Clint? Like, I, the way how you, you're acting, you're acting remorseful. Cause you, yes, you're, you're still remorseful. You still have, like... Now Clint has read in his ledger, essentially. Yeah, I just don't think so because that's already like the motive they've given, quote unquote, Elena. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was, oh, you murdered my family member, and now you must die. So, like, they're going to give two quote-unquote villains the same sob story? I don't think so. That's what it feels like already. And I already have another theory with Yolanda, but we can talk about that when we get to the end okay. of episode four. Okie dokie. Um, why did I watch Hawkeye early in the morning? <laughs> I, I so anyway, after the whole murder thing, she gets her awesome little like handprint thing and her father's blood. Um, I was like, ooh, don't have to go that far, Marvel jerks. Fine. Um, and then we just flash forward to them on the uh, moving carousel. Um, oh, dime store. Those horses. Horses, yeah. Which was pretty fucking funny. Especially when Kate then started helping one of the guys with his girlfriend problems. Like, I was just like, this is just, this is beautiful. Fucking love this. I fucking love this show. Mm -hmm. You guys are making me genuinely like Clint. I didn't think that was possible. But, like, the banter between him and Kate is, like, all I wanted from this because the banter in the comics between them is just so great like I mean obviously Kate takes the piss out of Clint a bit more in the comics than she does here she's not quite there yet um but like it's just I love it it's so good um okay now now I'm starting to get starting to fucking remember um, she was helping him. I remember Kate was helping that dude because he wanted to go see Imagine Dragons. And she's like, mm -hmm. you, you like Imagine Dragons? And this is where I, now the Nickelback thing. Yeah. But Imagine Dragons. Where is the hate coming from with Imagine Dragons? I genuinely don't understand. Like, where someone's like, Oh, Macklemore, I hate him. I'm like, alright, now I can't understand. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can see where you're coming from with that. But, like, imagine dragons, like, I just They seem like don't. generally good people. Yeah. Like, I haven't really seen, like, bad shit about them. Also, like, they got a few good bops. They're not as, like, problematic as, like, say... Mumford and Sons, um, but I don't know. Maybe I've, it's just like a generational thing. So yeah, maybe Imagine Dragons is just always going to be more for millennials than Gen Z. So will Hannah Steinfeld count as Gen Z? Hmm. Would she be like an in betweener? <laughs> Um, well, if we go by her, oh, um, her MCU age, Billy Steinfeld's like real age, but MCU age, obviously, again, we don't know what time period this is in, like what year the MCU is currently in, but yeah, she would be, um, Gen Z, but yeah. even Haley Steinfeld, she's, um, like, the cusp like Gen Z millennial yeah. is it zillennial is that what they zillennial you just came up with is that where it's 
You just came up with it. No, I know it. I think it's that's what it's called. Where it's like right on, like the end of millennial, right around the time of Gen Z. Like, uh, I think that's the actual word. It's called anyway. Again, off topic. So, cute little banter with that. Um, Echo comes out to sign language. Clint tries his best to understand since he's still learning. And then, I just, I loved that little interaction between them where she was like, you would be stronger without the hearing aid. Um... Like, he's like, I don't need that because I need. <laughs> like he wants to quit this superhero life. He really wants to quit. Yeah, I mean, motherfuckers fit. Like, well, if we go by like Jeremy Renner's age, motherfuckers fifty. Like, that's too. Like, no. No. <laughs> like, kid, he was like fucking kicked around, thrown around. Mm-mm. He was holding his own, but I'm like, y- you could tell he's like. He was over. Jeremy Renner legit broke his arm. Both arms. Both arms. Yeah. Oh, he both um he broke both of those arms before Infinity War, like between in between Infinity War and Endgame doing that movie tag. Oh, is that when he broke them? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I mean like even then he was like forty five ish, forty six, so like Yeah. Whatever. He's not trying to. I don't think he's trying to do action anymore. Yeah, I think he's just a man too old for this shit. Um, and he's portraying that very well here. <laughs> he is. Oh my god. I just. Again, I love that they're like. I don't want to say like making you feel every hit, but they are making you feel like the after effects because before in the Marvel movies they sort of glossed over the um recuperation mm-hmm. period so to speak like getting the shit knocked out of each other falling from a f- fucking four story building and walking away like it was nothing but this it's like no 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 yeah, I, I, you gotta wrap like four frozen daiquiri bags around yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, with Hawkeye, every time I remember him, like we see Renner in every film he does, he starts showing like in Age of Ultron is a good one when Quicksilver picks up Wanda and goes off, and he goes like, "No one will know," and he just trot mm-hmm. instead of full sprinting like everyone else. He's just jogging to get to the yeah. end. He's like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be like this, like everyone else. Or yep. in Avengers One, when he went through the window, he stayed there for a minute to like, oh fuck, I'm hurting. Like he's the only notice the only Avengers who actually like acknowledges like I am hurting in the moment. Like let me just chill for a second. Yeah, because then the only other one where I'm just like, oh yeah. He felt that for like a few seconds it was obviously Loki getting Hulk smashed. Mm-hmm. And but like, then I'm like, wait, how the fuck you get from that from there? To, I mean, you know what? Comic book logic. I'm not gonna figure out how'd you get back. So you can just be like, I'm right in your face, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so we get that just great scene of Hawkeye just trying to be like, yeah, no, Ronan's dead. 
he's dead. You don't have to worry. It's fine. And then, of course, it leads to fucking funny fight. Um, oh, my God. Throwing animals at them. Like, hiding in a ball pit. Just... With his color scheme. Gah! Uh, and then it leads to that great car chase scene. Yes. He's like, we're not taking the Camaro. He's like, we're not going to ruin a classic. Right! Oh, and then, of course, at the end, it still gets ruined. And he's like, oh, that it still gets ruined. I'm like, I feel, I feel that pain, bro. I was like... Feel it. Um... What I do to go back just a little bit, I love that fight where we get to see him in a close quarter combat, but still you being able to use his bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, you did not do any of this in these fucking movies. Like you just put your arrow through a dude's hand against the wall. Yeah, that's why I get like I just I'm starting to like I'm not gonna stop not loving mcu stuff mm-hmm. but like i am favoring the tv show format a lot better because it just again it gives us more time with the characters mm-hmm. because sadly both like clint and natasha were the most underdeveloped ones mm-hmm. in the entirety of the mcu um so like just being able to get more from them seeing again because it's people would forget like clint you know canonically highly trained secret agent man Mm -hmm. um not really the one that should be like the loser butt of all the jokes but that's also what we loved about him in the comics was that he was the loser in the butt of all jokes even though he was a highly trained secret agent man yep that is very true. Mm-hmm, Bruce, so, still got it. I just, I want to know. Only question is again after that great just car scene, mm-hmm. that camera going around like three sixty in the car to catch all that action. Just the amount of arrows that he has. I just, I want to know what happens to the giant arrow. You know, after they're on the bridge and he shoots that pin arrow with the normal arrow falling from the sky, does it stay big for, because, you know, those things generally, like, kind of stay big forever until you, like, shrink it back down again with the pin particle. Opposite pin particle. So, like, is that giant arrow just blocking? the bridge forever now like who comes in to clean up the giant arrow damage control like is there still like a little that sort of like quasi secret bit of shield still together I guess sword in this case like a sword gonna come in and like (laughs) airlift a 50 foot arrow (laughs) off of the bridge Uh, I just I want to know that's my biggest question from I remember, episode three. Honestly, is what happened to that dry arrow? And I remember damage control. Damage control was supposed to be one of the Disney Plus shows, but they like nixed it because they was um, 
for comic book fans, if you don't know. They were basically, every time there was a fight with superheroes, they would be the ones to clean everything up. Um, they was referenced a little bit in Homecoming with Tyne Daly. And then that was it. It has, like, the idea and the premise sound great. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be really funny. But, like, if it's not executed well, you're just going to end up, like, whatever that one, like, NBC show was yeah. that tried to do it. I remember that show. I was like, that was a um, shitty show. So, if it's not done well, it, like... I think that's probably why Marvel nixed it. Yeah. I mean... Marvel does a, a great job of, like... Making at worst okay movies, mm-hmm. I feel safe to say. Like, if you're just doing the broad spectrum of, like, you know, everyone's opinion at once, like, okay. Like, obviously, some people are gonna dislike some things more than others. <clears throat> Thor, the Dark World, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're at least are pretty consistent in, like, trying to make quality things. Right. So, they could make it work, but I also feel like it's just a premise that probably should not be be done. Yeah. Just leave it alone. And then, after this, do we go back to Echo and what was his name again? Um, Kazi. Yeah, I was like, I just blanked on it, but yeah, Kazi. Um, where yeah, they had their little talk about how like we find out that this whole mission is not sanctioned by Uncle, and it's basically Echo kind of taking this group of people and going rogue, which again could be maybe why her dad was killed. And she's following that path like her own father. Mm-hmm. Mm, I got a, just got a feeling Kazi's going to portray Echo. I mean, I would not doubt it. He's a psychotic clown. I hope we do see that. <laughs> oh, my God. If we could see him in that freaking, like, mime face paint. Because they they've been. I just thought. Oh my god. Okay. So obviously this is going to like, um, emotionally destroy me. I've already mentioned this, but they've already set up the LARPing. Rose is a LARPer. We've already seen Renaissance fairs in the MCU. So what if there's like another Renaissance fair type thing, or it's like a cool LARPing thing, or something like that, and then Kazi's there as like a freaking mime and so he's in his face paint and that's when he goes and he kills girls at the fair slash LARPing event whatever it is like they're doing their like battle but like bitches got real weapons yeah, yeah. I would cry um 
Cause this is where I'm, I'm blanking on towards the end of episode three. Because do they go back to Kate's mother's home? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they get to her mother's home. I know Kate's going through her mother's um, laptop to get more information on the Tracksuit Mafia and Echo. Clint, like he always does, sets up the area. And then, bam! Jack Ducard with the blade to his throat. Yeah. Are we missing anything else? I should have. I normally watch like the previous episode before the new episode, but today I totally forgot about it. So I'm like, man. I watch this so early. Did we miss anything else? But I feel like that's the gist of episode three. So yeah, I was like, god damn it. Um. So yeah, we find out that the tracksuit mafia, at least the names they have, are working for the Sloan Corporation. And then it's in, I think was it episode four, we find out that the Sloan Corporation is being run by Mr. Jack Ducard. Mm-hmm. We like, well, we confirmed that he was a bad guy. Yeah. But I do... I do love this first bit of episode four because it's like it is almost like that funny like um family matters type like weird like sitcom type show where it's like you first think like oh shit Clint and him are gonna fight and then here it comes Kate's mom mm-hmm. being like Oh, what is going on here? Why there's an Avenger in my apartment? Right, like, oh, that was funny. Um, the whole sit down thing, and Kate being like, "We're partners." He's like, "We're not partners. Oh, we're friends and partner. We're we're not. We're just (sighs) so good." But like. It's just obviously like cementing more and more her mom not in the up and up like we've already guessed. Yep. But I do love the little talk she had with um, Clint at the elevator because it's kind of on one hand you're like to him like it might seem like she's obviously very nervous for her child and like apparently she is because one I think she genuinely does love her daughter and she doesn't want her to die but two she also genuinely doesn't want her daughter to know that she's a bad bad lady yep. um and so it was also a bit of a i don't want to say fishing expedition but like her hinting that she knows like he has children um to kind of try and maybe dig a little deeper and get some more information so she can have some leverage if he doesn't let go. Um, I got questions about Laura. <laughs> Hawkeye's wife. Is she, Ooh, I, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm going mm-hmm. to pull a Tony Stark going AJ Overdraw. Was she a former agent? I think so. I think the watch might have something to do with her. It's okay. my theory. Like all this, if she all this information she's, she's able to pull, she knows Clint and Wanda. I mean, not Wanda. Um, Natasha's moves. I'm like, okay, Laura had to be a former agent at some point. 
she speaks German, so I'm assuming we're going to see, like, maybe they first meet in S.H.I.E.L.D., and then maybe she's, like, assigned in Germany, and then was, like, their retrieval person for the Budapest mis- mission. Um... You know, we, you know, I'm sure we're gonna find like something out like that, but yeah, I definitely think she's like she's got Agent E vibes. It would be cold, but it would be kind of cool if she was Mockingbird. It would be cool because I think they got together at some point in the comics. Yeah, at one point in time. But it would be kind of um, cold. But like, we would like to see Mockingbird in the MCU, but then it's like. Well, she is there, but she's now a stay-at-home mom, former and a former agent. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Um, okay, and I do want to just jump in again. One little thing that was also my favorite part. Mm. So right after Clint leaves, and we get that kind of cute little scene between Jack and yeah. um. Katie's mom. Why am I blanking on her name? God damn it. We, we did say we're just going to call her Vera Farmiga. Yeah, I was like, fuck, man. Um, so anyway, like that just cute little scene and sort of like kind of Kate, like when she's like, oh, she doesn't dance and then she dances. And so her being like, oh, maybe I guess I don't know my mom, but also like seeing that they do seem genuinely happy together and they're just like flirting and cracking jokes back and forth. And I'm like, see people? This is why um, every time someone talks about a serial killer or a sociopath, they're like, oh, they just so normal. They were just, they were the happiest person. Like, I'm just so shocked. I never would have seen it. You're like, yeah, yeah, that it's that. I was, it's that shit. I they was, blend in. I was getting, they fucking blend in. <laughs> I was getting homecoming vibes with um, Vera Famiga and oh. Jack. So, like, like that whole time, like we know, like Vulture is a bad dude, but Peter doesn't know yet. And in, even Vulture did not know Peter is Spider Man until that moment in the car. Still, one of my favorite like twists in comic book movies is fucking Michael Keaton opening that fucking door because you're like, oh, you son of a bitch. Fuck, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then, yeah, that car, because it's true, like. That's again why, like, sorry not to like jump on it, but like, why Vulture's great because you're like, you understand why he became a villain. Mm-hmm. And you're also like, oh, he's sort of slightly Robin Hood esque. He's stealing from like rich to not so much give to the poor, but you know. But like, he's happy. He's go lucky. He loves his family. Um, it's kind of like, I always think about, um, for Mass Effect 2 when you can talk to Samara about the Justicar code and she's just like if my target you know if I have to kill my target because he's murdered people do I want to know that he is a wonderful father <laughs> like, and I'm like mm, probably not that's a good point yeah. that's a good point so it, it will make that turn if it happens our theory was once again our theory if it happens it's going to be on the level of homecoming when you're like oh my god my mother is a villain yeah and i just oh my god i 
again, this is not so much of a theory as a be hope. Um, yeah. is that she is Madame Mask? Because it just oh, oh, it would be so good. It would be so good. But anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about. Was just that cute, adorable mm-hmm. little scene, especially with Jack mixing up his metaphors and shit. I was like, I don't just know. Just a fun, happy little moment. Like, I don't I don't remember any of those metaphors he was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I legit did not remember. <laughs> I did not. And I was like, okay. Uh, there's back. one where he's like, life is short, and you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I was like, like, that one, I was like, yeah, that is wrong. That is um, wrong, but hey... You're trying, dude. Um, yeah. Then we get to your favorite part. Clint is um, learning the information from his wife, but strapping on those oh, daiquiri pouches. frozen daiquiris. I was like, yep. Yep, this is great. This is great. Um, Just so funny. Because, yeah, you're like, what else am I going to use? Um, And that's when... Laura speaks her little German asking about if anything else was taken and when he said the Rolex I was like yep yep okay just feel like she's a secret agent person and like for some reason her information isn't a Rolex like I'm still not sure the full like cause he said it's an identity right mm-hmm so it's just one of those things where again like if they're technically government employees I totally understand obviously there needs to be a file about them and stuff and so I guess hiding information in a watch is smart I don't know is it Clint's watch or Tony's watch see they still haven't said so that's why I'm like if it's her watch, like, if, I don't know. Because, like, if it's an Avenger watch, that means all the the living Avengers who are still around, their identities, their families will probably be on that watch. That's what, that's what my theory is, like, if, if it's, if it really gets to that point, so I'm like, well, yeah, now Sam has to look behind his back. Peter, if whatever happens, we don't know what the fuck is going to happen at the end of fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. Everyone is have to watch their back. But I wouldn't fuck with White Vision, though. <laughs> Dude ain't oh Vision. Vision. vision will, this Vision seems like he'll just kill you on, on general principle. Unless you ask him about a ship. Trip <laughs> <laughs> him up with a boat question and you're good. Yep. Um, um, Kate comes. Then we get uh, that adorable little Christmas party with him and Kate mm-hmm. drinking said frozen daiquiris. Which looked the fucking good. I want a daiquiri now. Right? Which, no, no, no. I love that they're still mixing them like, in the blender, even though like those packages themselves, like they're already like slushies. Probably just to, you know? probably to put some more ice in them since he was using them as. um. Using them as ice packs. That's a good point. 
Also, I was just like, I loved how Clint was drinking out of the Thanos was right mug, where I was like, God damn, how many people think Thanos was right? Like. Barely Kane's aunt. <laughs> I don't want to say, like, Thanos was right, but I'm like, he, like, obviously, the whole, we're in our own crisis here. We're. We currently have supply issues and dwindling resources, so like, obviously have to have a workaround. But like, genocide, man, not, not, not the way. Yeah, like I'm sitting thinking, like, so you, so you are happy with your family member not ever being around ever again? By like, saying Thanos is right, like that's how you feel. Yeah. I'm like. Because at least say what you will, like towards the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Did they have they confirmed that she was blipped? That her mom were blipped? Uh uh. It seemed yeah, like it, it seemed like she lived through it. Yeah, I was like, Oh yeah, that's anything. But so yeah. But um Anywho. Wait, was Clint say, uh, was just like, whatever. Okay, I'm just gonna keep drinking these daiquiris. And proving that he can knock a person out with a quarter. And a dime is oh. And then teaching Kate, that was so adorable. I especially love that it timed up perfectly, so like, when she turned on the TV, it was that scene in It's a Wonderful Life where George Bailey is excited that his car has crashed again because it means he's back, so he's jumping up screaming, yay! And then it cuts to her, like, jumping up and being like, yeah, I did it. I'm like, oh, fucking Marvel, god damn it. Okay, I got a bit theory. He's going to accept Kate at the end of the series, and he's going to accept her in his, in his family. Oh, dude, 100%. Like, he's seen the home life, he's like, you know, you, you don't need to be part of that. You Come home with me on my farm. Me, my kids. I, I, yeah. I, I want that to happen. Or he'll be like, here's like my super secret safe house here in. Wherever the fuck you're at. Yeah. Um, so that was a great scene. But then we get, obviously, Kate putting the pieces together. He was Ronan. Then, also talking about the best shot he ever took was the one he didn't take. Talk about Natasha a little bit. But the Budapest situation? Which was a great, I think, um, shit, not segue, uh, set up set up mm-hmm. for the finale of the show because then we get the message from Laura about where the tracking beacon mm-hmm. is beeping from the Rolex and they go um, Clint talks about how it's more important to um, schedule your or plan your exit over your entrance, because if you need to make a quick getaway, always gotta have that, which is a great, great thought. That's a good, that's a good idea. Um, 
And Kate obviously doesn't listen and just runs across the street to break into this apartment, which ends up being Echo's apartment. And then a mighty fight ensues. Also, before the mighty fight ensues, we see, I guess, Echo on, I guess, was able to break the code on the watch and you see Laura's name and then his kid's name and their kid's name's under on the on that um, notepad yeah so it looks like your theory is slowly itching to become reality so yeah so still much like yeah not sure it's gonna go on there but I liked that the alarm was like the flashing lights because obviously like that's what a deaf person will need for their fire alarms either something that is like insanely loud so they can like get vibrations from it or something that's just blindingly bright so they can see it um but yeah, that was great. The fight was great. I love that you hear uh, Clint start fighting in the earpiece. Mm-hmm. And then Kate starts fighting. And then she's like, a little help here. And he's like, well, I'm fighting Echo. And she's like, no, you're not. I am. And then he's like, oh, shit, who are you fighting? And then I'm like, oh, my God, if it's like, if it's uh, Elena, I'm going to die. And I was like, please, please, please. please. Ta-da! Okay, but first up, that was some slick-ass, like, Splinter Cell get-up she had going on there. Which is a callback from the Dark Avengers, where Norman Osborn mind-controlled Yelena. Oh, I don't remember that one. Okay. That is your comic book um, pull of the episode. Well, second one of the episode. Why is Norman Osborn always got to be, like, let me mind control you. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Norman Osborn. <sighs> but so we get a great fight on the rooftop. I love that um, she tries to do her getaway, but she stops in like the middle of the street, and then it's only because of like a kick Elena does that she can and like zoom down the rest of the way. But this leads to my final bit theory mm-hmm. for this episode. I think Yelena knows that Clint did not kill Black Widow because I, she wasn't aiming to kill anybody on that rooftop. She had a gun out. Yeah, but she didn't use it. She was just pointing it. You know, people can use the gun to be like, oh, I'm totally going to threaten you. But then they're like, I'm not really going to kill you. Uh, 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 Because if she wanted to kill Kate, she wouldn't have put the the line on her body when she threw her off the rooftop. But it also... also She would have shot Echo and not shot her with the darts. Like... But that little part did trigger Clint, though. The other way how he saw how um, Kate was hanging off. Yeah, 
but she also didn't attack him during that bit either. You think that's where, like, it was a clue for her right there? Like, okay, he couldn't have killed Nat. No, I think, like, I don't think she trusted, um, um, Mary Louise Dreyfus. Julia Louise Dreyfus. Julia Um, Louise Dreyfus. Where where the fuck Mary come from? There is one, like, there is Mary Louise, um, there is, there is another actress that, like, has Mary Louise in there. Anyway, um, like, I don't think she trusted, um, there we go, Val, yeah, I'm like, what, fucking Val, there we go, um, and so I'm sure she probably did, like, her own little digging because she would have researched this shit she would have seen like what he's been doing and so i think she would have put the pieces together on her own um because also like i feel like natasha probably also would have talked about clint because she mentioned him when they were hiding up in the same crawl space they used to hide in Budapest. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she would have had some knowledge, so she would have been like, yeah, pretty sure he didn't. And so I think this was just her way of, like, warning him while still being, like, undercover, you know? Yeah. Like, she knows, like, there's organizations out there that want him dead, and so she's sort of, like, trying to warn him in her own personal way and obviously like a painful way though okay so but that's the thing like the only person we've ever seen walk off a black widow bite you know anytime Natasha did it or even like anytime it was it was um T'Challa and he was in the black panther suit like that shit like incapacitates people and we had not only Echo but fucking Hawkeye ripped that shit off. Like, not saying, like, it was nothing, but, like, they were able, still able to, like, move and take those things off themselves. Like, so those things weren't even at full strength, you know? Yeah. Like, so my theory is she's trying to help him as best she can without, like, quote-unquote, blowing her cover um and all yeah like i don't think she's gonna try i don't think she's gonna try and kill him or she's trying to kill him i think she's gonna fucking warn him and try and help him as best she can i knew florence p was gonna pop up it was just like what episode she's gonna pop up on and goddamn, she killed it. Well, just for that little bit of cameo. Like, and now, yeah. and now I'm wondering, like, will she pop up any old time going forward? Yeah. I think she'll pop up again. I mean, especially after, like, her looking at Kate doing that little head shake. And that just beautiful, like, swan dive off that building. Like, that was a beautifully gymnastic leap off the building she did just 
I love her so much. I know, Florida's Pugh has become one of my favorite actresses. She's so good. Her and Haley Steinfeld. So good. So I can't, I can't wait. wait for them to be like best buds. Young Avengers, let's go. Well, you know what? Not Young Avengers. West Coast Avengers, let's go. <laughs> oh. Oh my god, what if at the end of the show Kate does like move west? Like Clint's like, oh, you can come to my farm. Or she's like, nah, I'm gonna go see what California's about. Then I'll be like, oh, fuck yeah. West Coast, baby. Coast. Oh, another comic book reference in the episode. That morning when they, um, when Hawkeye asks Kate to go get his arrows. She's wearing the same t-shirt that her comic book version sometimes wears when they, when she's training. Oh, yeah. Oh, we totally forgot about her and her adorable talk with the LARPers. Like, mm-hmm. goddamn LARPers are so adorable. And we get another... Oh, also, even the boomerang talk, like the boomerang arrow, mm-hmm. that was from that was from the comics too except Clint was the one that was like um defending boomerang arrows and Kate was the one that was like boomerang arrows are stupid bro like I think it works better because he's he's older and he was like we have to dodge it 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 makes more sense in the MCU how they did it that way but Mm -hmm. obviously in the comics with Clint being just the adorable dumbass that he is. Yeah. He would be like, yeah, boomerang arrows, I can make it work. And then um, we get we did skip over one moment where he was explaining how he does his trick arrows and how he recovers his arrows. And then that's when he asks, like, can you go get them? And then we get that moment. And then Grills, we get to see him again. Like he said, uh, we hope, I hope, we got two episodes left. And I hope in these two episodes... Stays alive. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Keep hope alive for the brothers. My sweet, my sweet girls. Okay, how likely do you think it's gonna be that that one police officer gets her bag back? Oh, she's not getting her bag back. Her <laughs> wife is gonna. Her wife is gonna be pissed off at her. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, you, you shouldn't entrust that with plant. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. I'm more worried because we know what. Cause you let me know what happens to Grills. But now that we've seen more of the LARPers together with Kate, I'm more af- afraid for everyone involved now. Yeah. Because they seem like cool, legit, cool, cool, um, not only cops, but nerdy cops at that. Yeah. Like, come on, let the nerds have this one. Don't don't kill off any nerds. <laughs> let them have this. Let let them be the let them be the Ned in this show in this series. Let them be the people in the chair helping out Clint and Kate. Yeah. So I I love how quick they are to be like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll break those lockup rules. That's totally fine. Um. I got a feeling they're going to be the ones making their their costumes that we, we keep on seeing in the promos. I, dude, when she said that, when she's like, oh yeah, and then how about two more costumes? And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Please make that stupid fucking OG helmet fucking head cover. Edgar. Thank you. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I would, I would die laughing if they do that just for shits and giggles. And like, mm-hmm. just one time. That's all. I just once. One of the things I've noticed. Like, if that's the outfit he wears to go, like, LARPing with them again. <laughs> It'll be for their benefit, not for, like... Oh! Because um, that's now what I want out of this, is, like, Clint just starts LARPing with them. It may happen, because he did say they they're, 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 were nice, kind people. He brings his kids. They all have a great time. Oh. And Grills doesn't die. Yes, that that is what we want in the next two episodes. Please and thank you. Um, you notice Kate keeps on saying Hawkeye, Hawkeye, while he's like, no, it's just Clint. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, and I'm not noticing, and it's starting to come to it, I don't think he ever went by Hawkeye. Ever. He just kept on, like, is either Clint or Barton. Everyone else has been going by Widow, Cap, like, their hero names. He just kept on going by Clint. Like, is this, like, are we getting him, like, finally embracing, like, this is your code name, this is your, this is your hero name, embrace it, finally? Oh, yeah, man. I never thought about that. Now I'm trying to think back, and I'm like, shit. Like, the only reference we ever got was, like, in Avengers 1, when Fury came down here, and he asked for where's um, Agent Barton, and he's like, the Hawk? And pointed up, and that was like the only, yes. the only little bit that you got. Like, oh, Hawkeye. No, I not once heard anyone besides Kate repeatedly call Clint Hawkeye, and he kept on Man. disregarding it. I never fucking thought about that. What the fuck? So I'm like, wow, is this him embracing it? Because even, right. even his wife Good was like, there, dude. like, even his wife was like, you did say you was going to put up that silly little costume. <laughs> that, oh my god, I love <laughs> I did love that subtle takedown she did for him, where she was like, you know, we also thought the costume was destroyed too, huh? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like when the fun little, it's like, the trope of like did you take out the garbage and they're like oh yeah yeah but they didn't take out the garbage mm-hmm. but it's like no, superhero shit now he's gonna have another little costume coming home with him uh, so yeah can't wait for next week's episode I can't believe we're down to two episodes left oh shit fucking spider-man's next week too mm-hmm Holy fuck. And tomorrow's the Video Game Awards. Holy fuck, it is? Mm-hmm. Man, I am out of it this week. Yep. And then on the next episode of the Giant Contraband Robot, we're going to be going through our Spotify rap. Mm. That's, our, that's not our name. Hmm? That's not our name anymore. I said giant controversy said, robot. Yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> On the space side to collect next week. <laughs> <laughs>
it's not... okay. I've slipped up sometimes too, where I feel like I'm about to say it, then I'm like, oh wait, yeah, we changed it. Mm-hmm. Whoopsie. Yeah, um, we're gonna do our Spotify wrapped. Um, see how it changed from twenty. Our listening habits from twenty twenty coming into twenty twenty one. And mine words are oppressive. Mine's the amount of minutes has gone up. So I'm like, holy shit! I did not realize. Oh, almost forty hours worth of music. Forty thousand, not forty hours. Forty thousand minutes, close to forty thousand minutes. That's a lot. Mine was mostly podcast, but the music I did listen to was. Yeah. And also, we'll talk about it next week. It's fine. But also, we should give a big thank you to you listeners. You gave us a great year. Seven countries in total has been listening to the podcast. <laughs> Seven countries. Um, last year it was over three, so we went up to basically four. But still, that that is uh, the fact that in seven countries we're being played is still an awesome thing um the amount of followers we got made us worldwide thank you yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that now we're gonna start getting regions we never fucking know one day um our follower count has went up and the listener count has went up so thank you everyone listening um, we hope you enjoy this episode and the next one which is all D&D once again with me Christian um, and two D&D players um, that's going to be interesting we get a little, little more about Vice a little bit more tidbits about Maxon but you already know about that character I'm, by this point I'm tired of my own character <laughs> um, I'm excited to hear and there'll be more. We may do a video game awards episode. Last time we did one, it was close to four hours long, and I'm like, never again. <laughs> we'll probably be like, yeah. I also haven't played really hardly any video games this year, so we'll skip video game awards. Whoops. I, I what I am excited for: Kingdoms of Amalur, game that is ten years old, mind you, on Tuesday, which is on the fourteenth. Has a DLC coming out for the for a ten year old game. What? Yes. Shut up! No, it doesn't. How are you gonna drop this on me at the end of the fucking episode, bro? Mm. Sir, sir, you know my deep, undying love for Kingdoms of Amalur, and you're only telling me about this now. Do you have re-reckoning? Of course I have re-reckoning. We talked about this before. We did? Yes. I'm going to chalk it up to 2020 and 2021 fucking up my mental mental capacity. Oh my god. I mean, that's true. My brain functions during this past going on two fucking years now has just fucking crumbled. Yeah. Can't remember shit. It'll be uh, out, okay. It'll be out. Tu- it'll, be, it'll be out Tuesday the fourteenth, and it's going to be twenty dollars for the DLC. I uh, buy that fucking shit. It's going to be. They said it's going to be six hours long, but then they said they're adding more side quest and more tasks. So that six hours is going to be bumped up to mm. at least twelve hours. It's called. Fun. 
fucking feet swarm? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh my god, I'm so oh my god. So if you're currently playing Re Reckoning thanks to PSN Plus, because you got it for free, you may want to pass the game first, because this is an in-game expansion. So you can't play it in the middle of the of your campaign. You gotta pass Kingdom's Arm Lord before you get to that end to get that DLC. Mm. Which is in itself, that game is fucking long. Like you can go two hundred hours if you try to do everything. It's oh, it's so good. Like, goddamn, that game is still just so the combat's so smooth. Again, like I'm pissed they didn't adjust the lighting. So like when you're in the caves mm. in the remastered one, it's very hard to see things. Yeah. Um. But like, oh, it's, it's still fun. And they're, the they're... combat. The combat is just still so fucking good and there is certain little things that i I do like the fact i have i just realized like oh i can't jump off a ledge i have to go to a designated area to jump off something like those little things like it's it's minor it's a minor annoyance yeah but it's still like when it's it's a a very good and fun game and hopefully and they and the fact that thq is putting so much work not only on the remaster but also putting out DLC for a game, a ten-year-old game, they have to oh. be, they have to be working on a sequel. I fucking hope so. Oh my god! Like there's still interest. Please give going. Uh, please give me a sequel. Please. <gasps> so, with that, okay. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, Get your booster shots. I got my booster shot yesterday. It. It's not too bad. I was really fucking exhausted today, though. Like, really fucking exhausted. So, but get boosted, bitches. Yeah. And as always, practice social distancing. Get boosted, like Benita said. Wear your mask, double mask, if you want to feel extra safe. And just be general good fucking people, because we hate humans. Yeah. So just try to be good. Okay? Okay. Goodbye.